I've spent around an hour and a half writing out notes over six different stickies for this episode. I don't think I've put this much work into the preparation of an episode before. Um, and honestly, I was I'm I'm I was I was loving it because like season eight of Adventure Time is like it's there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of like character development and plot building, all this stuff, right? It's like it's immaculate, and I I don't know I was just, I was just chilling I was just writing a lot, right? There's a lot that went on. I mean, also you know I'm eight. This is eight speaks. This is season eight of Adventure Time, my twenty-second MPO, episode two hundred thirty-three, which is funny because if you add two, three, and three together, you get eight. So a lot of eights going around. Don't you just love that? I do. I love that. Very, very podcast involved. So I'm recording this episode right now. It's five thirty p.m. One of the uh, it's on the earlier side. My uh, my recordings generally because. I finished the season last night after recording the previous episode, so I just wrote everything up just some time ago, and I want to watch season nine, and but I I can't until I mean I I put up my own like barrier. I'm I'm, I'm not going to until I record an episode here because I don't want like things like get mixed together if I like figure something out that you know I have a question about now. So yeah, I'm recording this now. I'm gonna. Start up season nine, pretty much like right after this. So, I don't know if the episode's gonna be longer than the time it took me to write down the notes for it, but honestly, I'm all right with that because a lot of stuff going on. So, let me start off with not even season eight. We're going back to season six, episode twenty-four. It's called Evergreen. So I skipped over this, if I remember correctly. I skipped over this when I was talking about. Well, when I was going through um, the MPO for season six of Adventure Time, right? But what's important here is that there are four elements in this show, right? Four like magical elements: is fire, ice, candy, and slime, right? So way back when, before the Lich Comet hit. Earth and created that giant crater in like the top right corner. I mean, a corner, it's a sphere, but in like the top right section of Earth, which we always see. I know it's like there's no like top right, left, right, but whenever like the camera, whenever, whenever like there's you know an animation of the Earth, it's always that top right section, uh, which is where Ooh is located, right? And it's the Catalyst Comet, so it like changes everything. So this was before the Lich Catalyst Comet hit uh, Earth, right? So all the characters look different, right? So Evergreen, Urgent's Evergreen, is this is the ice elemental uh, way back when. And he actually created the crown which Ice King wears, right? He created it, he, he like designed it, all like tech, like there's a lot, a lot of like technical bits going on. Right, a lot of wiring going in and out, and he put the gems in, whatever it's like. So he already created the crown, and that's awesome. That's lovely, right? But in this episode, we also we, we discover there's there's three other elements. You got the you got the you got the slime guy, you got the fire guy, and you got 
um, Chatsworth, the candy elemental. He's going to come in in a little bit. Right? So the crown was, well, is created by Evergreen. And he had a little dinosaur helper named, well, Gunther, of course. And because uh, that's like all the names of, well, I think that was the ori- uh, original Gunther because Gunther was like sucked into the crown. We find that out in, uh, later on, actually in the first episode of season eight here. And um, he he appears inside the crown, right? So like like his spirit is there or something like that. But the 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 uh, the, the the main thing here though is that. Gunther was the name of a dinosaur, which was the assistant to Master Evergreen. And Evergreen was not the nicest guy, right? I mean, he wanted to save, you know, he wanted to destroy the common and all, but he just he just wasn't nice to Gunther, the dino, little dinosaur, right? So, Lich Comet's coming down. It's green and all, just like the Lich's, like, eyes. There's, like, little tiny green dots within, like, the black eyes. It's cre- creepy. But honestly, love the Lich, though. Wait, he's a terrible character, but he's, like, he's good at what he does. So I at least respect that. Which is, like, kind of backward when you think, oh, whatever. Um, but the Comet also had the, 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 the two horns, right? Like, the horns on, the, like, the Lich's head, but it was coming out of the Comet. It's like, whoa, you know? So, that's pretty cool. Anyway, Gunther, the dinosaur, toward the at the end of the episode, he put the crown on, right? And, you know, he had hair growing all of his face, and he looked like Master Evergreen because the... Um, because the crown, uh, like, grants the wish of what, like, somebody, like, truly desires or something. So, Gunther wanted to be like Master Evergreen, so the, the crown, like, transformed him into, like, you know, you know, shooting ice everywhere and whatnot. But I don't think that's because um, Gunther wanted to be like that. I think that the crown just does that, because it did that to Simon, right? Made him all hairy and wiry and, you know, ex- like, made his nose longer and gave him powers of ice, all that. All that good stuff. So the crown is honestly one of, like, the, like, most, like, it, 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 the crown is, like, one of, like, the, one, one of the things in this entire show. It has, like, the most, like, uh, like it has the most extensive history gone through all change and, like, different people and different experience, all, all that stuff, right? I mean, there's also, like, Marceline, who's, like, I think almost as old as the crown. Maybe, no, 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 that can't be because Simon, like, found the crown. So, that's a lie, but crown is extremely old. Lich is, the Lich is actually older than the crown because he came from the comet and the crown was just being created then. Yeah, something like that. Whatever it is, though, um, four elementals, those four elements are candy, excuse me, candy, slime, ice, and fire, right? So, that was 624. Now, season eight, episode one, Ice King's crown is going haywire, right? Because Betty, who stole Magic Man's hat, was messing around with it, right? But she was going, like, crazy because the Magic Man's hat, like, the crown made Ice King crazy. Right, so that was that was happening. So she had like a little AI avatar, uh, like put into the crown, and the and it was just like messing up the code inside the crown, right? And Gunther the Dino, the, the, the little dinosaur guy, he's 
He's he's in the crown right now. Just kind of like wandering about. He's not really doing too much, but he's there. So Marceline and Princess Bubblegum go to Ice King's house, lair, place. Goes to, goes to the Ice Kingdom. And because Marceline is like, no, Ice King, he's like actually really sweet and all. Because they, they, they knew each other from way back when. Right? PB a little less so. So... Princess Bubblegum, Marceline, they find out that Ice King is, like, going a little whack because the, the crown is, like, controlling him and all, and the crown is messed up a little bit. So they so, 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 so they go back to Princess Bubblegum's place and just, like, leave Ice King at home. So Marceline and Princess Bubblegum go into, like, a VR world uh, where they are analyzing the crown, right, and looking at what's wrong inside. So they find out Gunther's in there, and there's, like, a crazy Betty head floating around with Magic Man's hat inside the crown. They also find Simon inside the crown, which makes sense because I guess like anything that's been a, that, that the crown is attached to, there's a, like a little like bit of that sucked into it. So normal Simon's in the crown, and Simon finds Betty, and he there's like an emotional moment, and then Betty like changes to normal, and then the crown like starts. Uh, like, uh, reforming back to its original state, and it's, like, fixing itself, and, like, shields are coming back up, whatever it is. So, they fix the crown, and Simon and Betty are just, they're inside the crown now. Marcy and PB are now, well, they just, like, took out the, the VR, and, oh, they're on the outside of the crown now. So, so that's fun, right? Crown's been fixed. Simon and Betty Avatar inside there, and they love each other. They, they were, like, boyfriend-girlfriend, or, like, they were fiancés, um, back when Simon, like, first found the crown, when the world was ending. So, that was something. Skip a few episodes, because they're just, you know, like, one-off episodes. There's, like, a Rainicorn, Lady Rainicorn episode thrown in there, uh, with, like, Crystal Dimension. I don't think that'll come back. Um, granted, there's only 27 episodes left over the next two seasons, there are 14 episodes in 9, 13, and 10. So I did a little bit of quick maths, and it takes about, I think I only have like five hours of like watching left before I finish. So there's there's quite a bit to get to. At least, you know, I think, unless the show's like, yeah, something's just not coming back. But yeah, it's, it's coming to a close. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, right? So... Season, sorry, not season, episode five. Now, this this is where things pick up a little bit, right? Finn, um, Finn's fighting this, this, like, uh, this, this, this monster, right? Not this monster, it's like, uh, I think, it was some kind of princess, but, like, she, she, like, robs places. Something princess, something, something like that. Um, basically, at the start of the episode, uh, Finn is like juggling around his Finn sword that he got uh, when he was in like the dream world with uh, Prismo and all in previous season, maybe season six. No, I think it was season seven. Um, and he has the Finn sword, right? So the entire thing is silver with that blue uh sapphire circle right at the base of the blade and 
uh, th that exists, but he dropped it, and it was stolen by this princess, right? But, like, bad princess, right? So, uh, Finn still has the grass sword, though, like, inside him, with, like, a little thorn in his hand. Uh, he, so, so Finn, um, he breaks the Finn sword with the grass sword, right? Because he's fighting with the bad princess, and he, like, jabs the grass sword toward her, but she blocks it with the Finn sword, because she took hold, so Finn lost it, sorry, for, I skipped forward a bit. Finn dropped the Finn sword, and he didn't know where it went. It was in, like, a grassy plain below, and he couldn't find it. But the the other uh, princess, she, like, picked it up and, like, ran away with it. And Finn was having dreams about it because, like, he and the sword are connected. They're, like, the same thing-ish. And uh, he found out where the sword was with the princess because he was, like, dreaming of it and whatnot. So... He got to the princess, and they were fighting, and he stabbed the fin sword with the grass sword and breaks it, breaks the fin sword, but not really. I'll get to that in a couple episodes when that comes back up, but just keep that in mind. He breaks the fin sword, but not really, with the grass sword as well. So, episode six, there's this little little guy made called Bun-Bun. Uh, don't know if she's going to... She's going to come back in the future, but I don't know, this could be a one-off episode. But Bun-Bun, she's fun, little cutie. Yeah. Is it plot? Is it plot building? I don't know. Anyway, episode 7, Normal Man. This is big. So you had Magic Man, his hat was stolen, so now he became, now he becomes Normal Man. And, and he saves, so, so first of all, in season 6, I think it was 6, 625, uh, with the astral plane, um, with a really, like, deep episode with the questions about, you know, his birth, the greatest creation of life, and, well, it's not enough to create something amazing. Well, it's not enough to have created something amazing, right? That question, the, the big one that I, like, went really in-depth into. Yeah. That, that was, like, oh, that was, that was crazy. That was, that episode, that was, that was crazy. So, anyway. The the four the four siblings of like the, the godly siblings, uh, which were Glob, Gob, Grod, and Grob, they like th flew into the comet and blew up, but not really because their four heads are still like floating. They're uh, orbiting Earth, right, just floating around in space. And Magic Man, who became Normal Man, he saves Glob, his brother. Right, they're both from Mars. So, uh, so, so, so magic, so, normal man goes up into space, uh, with the help of tiny manticore, and, no, no, wait, I'm mixing it up. You know, whatever the, whatever the process was, he got up to space, got glob, and came back down to earth. Right, but Tiny Manticore, Manticore wanted revenge on him because he was trapped inside the glass bottle in Magic Man's house. And Finn and Jake were there too, and Tiny Manticore had a lot of respect for them because Tiny Manticore, uh, they, they saved Tiny Manticore. Whole thing, right? So, pretty much, um, Normal Man, Tiny Manticore, they kind of like had a relationship bonding thing, and they're chill now. So, Glob and Normal Man... They go into, uh, like, Normal Man's house, and there's a little, like, there's a station down below that can send them to Mars. 
And as they're going up into like a little laser teleporter, Glob says, I think you'll do well, brother. And like bites his hand. Normal man's like, ah, what happened? Like, let's go and drops um, Glob back down to just join his uh, siblings. And Normal man goes on a Mars and everyone's like terrified of him because he was like awful, right? He was, he was abusing his powers and he just, he wasn't a fun guy. Right, we don't we don't like magic, man. But he's changed now. He's normal. He doesn't have his powers, and he wants to be the ruler of Mars. And everyone's like terrified of him. But he puts on Abraham Lincoln's hat, uh, who was like the former ruler. But excuse me, the former former ruler. But you know, he died because he gave his life to Jake, who normal man, who magic man made look. Uh, he made Jake look like he was him, and he was you know going to be punished and all, but he wasn't. And, other thing, right? And he turns a stone like Abraham Lincoln's, you know, statue in D.C., right? The Lincoln Memorial. So, that's that's a funny reference. But normal man is there. He's like, you know, I want to I want to be a ruler and all, and everyone's like against it. But he puts on the hat. And he's like, you know, it's a start, right? So he is probably going to be real. So that has to come around in the next twenty-seven episodes, the next five hours of episode watching. So that's fun. Also, in this episode, um, honestly, one of the funniest things, what one of the funniest things, honestly, maybe in the entire show, Tiny Manticore throws a boomerang and yells, boomerang, right? And it, it, it sorry, sorry, this, this is like out of context. Let me, let me back it up a bit. So, Tiny Manticore is holding Glob at the top of a mountain, at, at the peak of the mountain, and Normal Man has to save his brother from Tiny Man across to grab from him, right? And Jay, Finn, Jake, and Normal Man are at like a distance from Tiny Man, or also at the top of the mountain. So they're a good distance away from each other, just like on the top of the mountain. And they're like fighting because Normal Man needs to get his brother and all. So Finn and Jake are standing by Normal Man at the bottom, right? Because they're helping him get to his brother. So Tiny Man score throws a boomerang and says and yells boomerang, right? And the boomerang goes past the three of them, right? Like, they're just standing still, and it just doesn't hit them. And Normal Man says, I don't even know what a boomerang is, right? And the boom, and as he, and as he finishes saying that, the boomerang comes back, because, you know, it's a boomerang, and it hits Jake in the back of the head. And Normal Man gasps. He's like, oh, I've been calling them something different my whole life. Oh, my. I am dying of laughter when I see this, Right? Me explaining it might not sound that funny, but if you just watch the scene and understand the context and all, I mean, also Normal Man, he has this voice, Magic Man, Normal Man, he just has this voice to him, right? And he gets to the top of the mountain, and like like just a, like a few seconds before the boomerang scene, and Tiny Manticore sounds like you know you sound like you're lying or something, and Normal Man's like that's just my voice, right? So it's just all that put together, this boomerang scene, it's so funny, right? Because it's com- it, like it. it it doesn't line up with any of the show at all. It's just completely random, but it's funny. It's just it's just thrown in there, right? I absolutely love that so much. That was that was episode seven, right? Normal man, love that. Episode eight. Now, huge episode here. First of all, season eight, episode eight. On the eight, this is eight speaks. What's up, everybody? I already said that earlier. I just I just want to do that again because you know. 8-8, eight, eight, love that. Big episode. It's called Elemental. So this is where we we look at... We, we, so I was talking before about 
the four elementals was season six episode 24 evergreen right there's the four elements so here there's one elemental named patience an ice elemental from way back when right she has the ability to like control ice and all without the crown right this is just like this is just her so her name is patience so she gathers so she tells ice king because i she's just like in, in the bottom of like ice king's lair so Ice King, like, frees her, and and she's like, okay, Ice King, can you get the three other elementals? Fire, slime, and candy, right? So he goes out, captures Princess Bubblegum, Flame Princess. Hold on. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Excuse me. I am so sorry. Um, Flame Princess, Princess Bubblegum, and Slime Princess, right? And he freezes them just, like, unwillingly. Like, they, they, you know, they're not, you know, too willing to join him. And they, sorry, I got a cut off there. I went out to dinner with the fam. I am back on the episode a couple hours later. All right, so um, they were frozen by Ice King, taken back to his lair. And Patience was just talking to them, showing them their powers, right? Flame Princess already knew she had the fire powers, like shooting you know, fire out of her hands and stuff. But Princess Bubblegum and Slime Princess didn't know that they had the power. So... Slime Princess can just shoot oh, slime, but Bubblegum, she can shoot jelly beans out of her hands, right? And her powers develop uh, later on. We're, I'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, she can shoot jelly beans out of her hands. And then she tries again, but she only shoots like one pathetic jelly bean out, and she doesn't really have too much control over it, right? Because she's also one to believe in science, not in magic so there's a little bit of contradiction in her mind with uh, with, with that right so yeah yeah they discovered they have powers but then they don't like patience because she's trying to be like all controlling and whatnot so there's a little bit of uh dissonance in their relations relationships with one another yeah cool and since i haven't um been recording for quite some time i don't know if i'm leaving anything else out i mean i I listened to like just the ending of the recording beforehand uh but like like brain wise i don't know if if i'm like if i'm leaving anything out because i feel like I, i i feel like i mentioned it all let's just hope i did so Episode 9, the show is actually making fun of itself. Five short tables um, instead of five short grables, which is like a small series that has uh, been carried on throughout the entire show. And this, it, it, the show is just making fun of itself. I, I love when that happens. <clears throat> and episode 10, the musical, Finn is still sad about a sword. And with this like feeling of extreme loss, he can hear the song that, the, that this hole is singing. And, uh, it's a lovely relationship between them, yeah. Anyway, episode 11, Card Wars makes a comeback, makes a reappearance. It first showed up in episode, in season 4, episode 13. And I remember when I was younger, watching the show, that was one of the episodes I absolutely loved watching. And 413, um, came out sometime in 2012, and that was, yeah, pretty much about the time when I was watching it. Yeah. Anyway, 
Card Wars makes an appearance in episode 11. Just thought I should bring that up. It's no, no big deal. At least I don't think. Maybe it comes up in the next 27 episodes. I have no idea, but yeah. That's fun. Alright, so. Episode 12. This is where the... This is where the season starts to pick up a little bit more. Right? So, Susan Strong. Right? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give a little bit of a background. Actually, I'm going to do that when we get to episode 20 instead. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll do it then. I'll do it then. And I'll explain why as well. It, actually, no, I'll, I'll just tell you now. It, it's just because, like, it's easier to explain because the episodes, like, in the future, there's, like, more about her and it's easier to, like, wiggle in her past with these episodes because it also goes into her past. So I'll, I'll get there when I get there. Episode 12, um, Susan, she has this electronic, like, mind control chip, or it's, um, a brain implant, let's go with that, uh, but you can see it just on, like, the left side of her head, uh, just some, like, hexagons and, like, gray wires and stuff, um, just on the side of her head, right? So, she has, like, so she has this brain implant in her, and she's going through this, uh, giant like metal contraptions like robot where tiffany he reappears um at first we didn't like tiffany but i don't know he's chill now and susan finn and jake they're just they're going through this lab area and we meet dr gross for the first time right and dr gross she seems appealing at first she seems nice um she's talking about all these like uh mutants mutants that she's been working on where she's like combining like different animals and her body parts and abilities and whatnot and it's honestly it's quite disturbing but even for an animation but um hey it is what it is right so we meet dr go she's not the friendliest of people and she wants to uh control susan right she wants to because she, she recognizes susan she remembers her from a while back and i'll get to that in later episodes um but yeah dr ghost exists and eh, not the best person anyway at the end of the episode susan finn jake they leave this giant metal like mole and so do a bunch of the animals right but tiffany and dr ghost they like dive back down to the ground because there was like some malfunction because like susan like broke something purposely trying to escape whatever it was right so they're back on the ground but now all these animals are out. Susan, Finn, and Jake are out. And the biggest problem at the end of the episode, Finn notices that there's this giant electric eel that's on its way to the Candy Kingdom. Right? So, that's not good. Then, episode 12 to 13. 13, honestly, is is probably the... It's probably the episode in this season with the... Like, the most, like, changes, to, I don't know how to say this, it, it, um, the idea shifts from one thing to another thing so rapidly and so many times. This, this, episode 13 is crazy. It's called Reboot. I actually, I, I needed to watch it twice to, like, understand the entire process of everything. So, let me break it down. The eel is out into is out into ooh, right? This giant electric eel and it's shocking everything. Not good. 
Right. And Jake is <laughs> Jake has this um net launcher that was actually used on um Finn, Jake, and Susan in the previous episode to be like contained. Uh, but he's like trying to launch at the eel to capture it. <laughs> but the animator just keeps showing the net being like it's like hitting birds and like trees and all this stuff, and it just keeps and it, and he just keeps firing and missing the eel, right? It's it, it's funny because you think like maybe like the, the the animators are just gonna show it like twice or three times. No, but he just like kept shooting it like five six times, and he kept saying, "Oops, sorry," when he hit a bird. And it, that was funny. Anyway, the eel is loose, and Finn and Susan are trying to stop it, and or Finn's stopping trying to like get the sword into it and whatnot, but doesn't really work. Anyway, Susan gets close to, uh, it's close to the eel, and it's an electric eel, right? And so it shocks her, and, you know, launches her back a little bit, and knocks her, like, somewhat unconscious. And her, um, brain implant is, like, crackling a little bit. So now Finn walks over to her, and like, Susan, you okay? And it goes to touch the brain implant and there's electric there's an electric shock and now she wakes up and she has this new objective right and she's going a little bit haywire right so now she's attacking finn and she's like she's not really not really having it right so one of the gumball guardians, the huge, you know, gumball guy, uh, gu- gumball guys in the, uh, in the Candy Kingdom, shoots like eye lasers at Susan, but she just absorbs the power, and now she like grows a little bit bigger and stronger. So now that's, it's terrifying. And Rattleballs makes an appearance, the swordsman or swords gumball machine. I think he's also a gumball machine, um, but he like dies like instantly, or like Susan just like breaks him, like kind of pathetic honestly now he just like straight up dies though i think he just went to the infirmary i think he got like patched up in it. like he just like straight up shattered and it was like sudden so i don't think he's like dead dead um, unless you know i mean he isn't like a main character but he had like a whole episode for himself so i don't know i don't know but yeah he just he's like wow so then finn and jake have a fight scene with susan that goes on for a little bit and they're fighting and they eventually end up on the beach, and Jake goes, and then Finn goes into Jake to reform the Jake suit. Haven't seen that for some time, but love that. And then they're fighting and all, and then they're like just punching each other around and whatnot. And then Susan gets thrown into the water, and then she comes, she emerges from the water holding an anchor, right? Like a, like a whole like ship anchor. And thing is, Susan is like super duper strong, and we'll and I'll explain that in a second as well, when we get to the little mini-series coming up. Um, so she's just holding an anchor above her head, throws it down onto Finn and Jake, and, and Jake is, like, all, like, wrinkly and, like, spread out, because he just got hit by an anchor. That thing is mad heavy, right? And he says, yabba dabba dabba dabba, right? And that's what, and that, like, shows up twice before in the episode, uh, meaning, like, Whatever that says, yabba dabba dabba dabba, like, dies afterward. Good thing Jake, like, didn't die, but he was just, like, mad injured, right? So, that happened. Jake got hit by the anchor. And Finn, now, um, his grass arm, getting a little angry. So, the grass arm shoots out and 
wraps up Susan, right? Then like, like crushing her, like uh, like a, you know, like a boa constrictor, like, like if it's around a rabbit, like squeezes it until like you know crushes its insides and dies. Sorry, that was gruesome. Um, the grass arm was like you know constricting Susan, right, lifting her above the ground and all. And Finn's like, no, don't do that. Susan's our friend, so he punches his arm, and then the grass arm like goes faint and starts to retract. And also, sorry, Finn's using his broken fin sword at this point. And it's like a normal sword, just like the, the, the sapphire bulb with like the fin inside it isn't like working. It's not alive. Um, but the grass arm like went over it, right? It was, it was just like retracting, right? So grass arm attacks Susan. It detaches itself from Finn's arm after Finn punched it. And then it combines with the fin sword. Right, and since the Finn sword basically is Finn, because it was like Finn transformed from like Jake's dream or something when Prismo was in it and all some episodes ago, or in season seven, um, it's it it is Finn, right? And the grass sword like makes a lump around it, and suddenly it's just alive, right? Because the grass arm has like a mind of its own with like a Finn sword, so. This thing comes alive, and it, like, makes a human shape, and it, like, retracts the... Not retracts, it, um... What's the opposite of the word retract? It's, like, to, uh... Uh... I don't know. But he, like, brings out the grass sword, this little, like, new fin, little grassy fin, and then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Started off with the eel, then it went to Susan... And then there's the Jake suit scene, and there's the anchor, then there's the grass arm, and then it's detached from him, then there's, like, a new character at the end, and Susan, and th this scene on the beach is, like, absolutely nuts, right? Jake is, is, like, crushed by the anchor, Finn lost his arm again, just like he did in season six, when he first found his, uh, found his dad, I think it was season six, um, or not, seven, maybe? Hold on, let me look, I'm on Hulu right now. Ah, uh, yeah, it was season six. Wait, yeah, it was season six. Okay, sorry. Um, lost his arm again. So, so on the beach. So there's this new green grassy fin standing on the anchor on top of Jake. Susan's lying injured on the ground. Fins on the ground, and hey, it's a whole mess. Anyway, episode fourteen comes along and it's called two swords right so this is the creation of fern right he later names himself fern the human but we don't know that as of right now right now all we know is there's grass finn right so finn goes into the infirmary and jake's all right susan we eventually find out is all right finn is all right he has a metal arm attached now more effective than like the other arms that were created a while back when he first lost his arm um, so he's chilling, right? They're all chilling. So this grass fin, right? He's, he's just living, right? And he's convinced that he's Finn, right? Because it's the fin sword inside him and there's like the grass body outside, right? He's convinced that he's Finn. But he's not, right? He's, he's grass fin. So Finn and Fern and Jake, they're like arguing about, you know, who's actually 
thin and not and get into arguments and all, but something too violent, just like words going back and forth and all. There's like some angry feelings. And Fern goes back to the treehouse, right? To try and like just live there, like act normal, like try and say hi to BMO and eat food and all. But whatever it is, he eventually like sat down, got a plate, lifted it up and looked at his reflection. Now we got a flashback to what actually happened inside the fin sword when it got stabbed by the grass sword, right? And also, I'm just going to say it right now because I'm, I'm thinking like I might forget it when it comes up, but we're going to see the creator of the grass sword, and he was thinking like of like creating the sword. Um, it's kind of like a pun because there's, you know, a, a blade of grass. It's just like a single, I guess a single blade of grass. But since a sword is a blade, this is the grass blade. Instead of a blade of grass, it's a grass blade because it's a sword made of grass. That's funny. Anyway, just, just going to throw that out there. So we see a flashback to the inside of the fin sword, right? So inside that sapphire circle, there's an actual, like, fin in there right? And it gets stabbed by the grass sword. You can see it go through and then it like dissolves into just grass, right? From like its blade form to just grass. And and Finn's like, no, I don't like this. I liked it before, right? He's like super calm about it, but he's just like saying like, nah, this, this isn't fun because the room like gets darker inside. And then there's this little Grass octopus spider curse. That's what he calls himself. Um, it's a little, it's a little green octopus spider guy, just like walking around, just like spewing some like spider web, sticky stuff around, and he's like humming a little song, right? I don't know what it is, but I, it's just his song, I guess. And he's like, yeah, I'm this grass octopus spider thing, and he wraps Finn inside the sword in his cocoon. And the octopus is like, you know, I just wish we could get out of here. So this octopus is the thing controlling fern, right? And fern is just fin, but grass. And you know that that's funny because a fern is a type of leaf. And this is a grassy fin. And fern sounds like fin. So, you know. The creators of the show, Pendleton Ward and everybody else, honestly, smart people. Extremely smart people. Like, honestly, they're up there with J.G. Quintel, creator of Regular Show. Not even lying. Like, Regular Show is, like, top, top show. I'm Like, like that can't be beat. But Adventure Time, you don't understand. I don't think I even understand how close. How close I am to loving Adventure Time the same as Regular Show. These are, honestly, I don't even think I could, like, tell say one's better than the other. I mean, if it came down to a regular show, but these are both incredible. Absolutely, like, immaculate, sublime shows. Love it. Love them. So, Fern, just, like, in existence, has a flashback. So, Fern is controlled by this, so, the green octopus... Green Octopus Curse 
inside the fin sword, and the fin sword is Finn, but then there's the grassy, there's the grass sword, which made this grassy figure look like Finn on the outside, right? So, the very inside, the octopus, controls the very outside, Fern, right? But it has Finn characteristics because of the sword. So it's, it's all, it's all coming around. Yeah. Episode 15, um, we just get to learn a little bit more about Fern and Finn, right? So, Fern goes out and attacks his creator, right? We see the grass grass wizard guy who makes a reappearance. I, I, I forget when we first saw him, but it was a while back when uh, Finn first got his grass sword, right? So, Fern attacks his creator, and this is when the creator, they tell the joke about the great uh, the blade of grass and all honestly quite funny and uh yeah fern's like no nah, i'm not having this so yeah yeah learn about fern finn on the other hand is a doctor right or like goes into into the hospital into the candy king hospital and he's working on it because dr princess who's like just a character who showed up a few times on the show she's not actually a doctor or a princess. That's literally just her name. Name doctor, surname princess. Right? First name doctor. Like, that's just it's funny. And people... And she just, like, walked in one day. She was like, oh, Dr. Princess. Come over here. So, she's neither a doctor nor a princess. And that that's just funny. But she's been working as a doctor for however long. Anyway, she gives Finn a lab coat. And just like, yeah, you work now. I'm, I'm not working double shifts anymore. And... She just walks away. So, Finn is trying to be a doctor, just going around trying to solve solutions and all, but it's not really working. Right? He's, he's, like, honestly, like, causing, like, more injuries in the end. But it's okay. Like, the like this one fox guy had, like, a... Had like, like, his palm was stabbed with, like, a tooth or something, and he thought it was fine at first, just removing the tooth, but then it was, like, it became swollen. He... He, like, fixed Ice King's back. It was, like, all, like, bent in that shape. He just, like, cracked his back. But later and then, his back was, like, bent the other way. And it was, just, it was not working. Anyway. Um, Finn was like, here's my idea. Let's drop a sword on Susan's face to wake her up. And her natural, like, fighter instincts will kick in and grab it before it lands there. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So Finn does it. But Dr. Princess walks in, like, throws her glasses at the sword before it hits Susan. Um, be like, oh, what are you doing? This is crazy. You're not a doctor. It's like, okay. But then, at the end of the episode, the fan that's whirling above Susan, one of the arms breaks off, and, you know, is going to hit her in the face, and she reaches up with her eyes closed and just, like, blocks it. It's like, dang! She's still alive. Amen. Yeah, so, Susan's still alive. Cool. 16. Uh, we see Jake become a grandfather. Yeah. His son, Kim Kilwan, had a daughter, Bronwyn. And, well, this is just a bunch of skates born stuff. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, this might be one of the first times that the show made me, like, unsatisfied or, like, just sad. Because you get, you get, I know this is going to be weird coming from me. I'm, I'm just, like, a 16-year-old, and I'm literally going to be talking about, like, myself in a way. Like, I'm a grandparent, but I don't know. This this younger generation it's a bad start already but this younger generation of the show is like 
They just don't know what's going on. They're like, they're so focused into like their own little group of friends. They're not, they don't know about everything that's been going on before them. Right? And I'm not saying that's bad. Like, they're, they're focused on what they're doing. And, hey, they, they will give them time to learn. Yes. But it's, it's a little upsetting that they, that they don't know yet. Because Jake and Finn, they're doing all this, like, hero stuff and whatnot. And Jake's trying to be all, like, skateboarding and cool and whatnot and trying to, like, prove himself to these kids. Like, trying to prove himself to his daughter. Trying to, like, make his daughter think he's cool and all and just, like, you know, have a bonding experience. But... I don't know. They're just everyone's like missing the point. All the kids are like because it's in like Bronwyn, she has her skateboarding friends and they're all just they don't get it. Right? They're not they they don't understand the old timer stuff, right? Like Jake's experiences and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's very it's very uh storytelling type show, right? Anyway. The younger generation is uh, Wah. Anyway, um, 17. A little bit of foreshadowing, or a potential foreshadow. Uh, Princess Bubblegum was trying to make candy clones, uh, just like a bunch of small ones in a pod, and send them off to a different planet in case Earth goes kaplooey and everyone dies, right? So that's like a new civilization, right? And instead, it like interfered with like Tree Trunks' relations with like with her like alien husband and whatnot. I don't know. Tree Trunks is like doing her own thing. It's it's crazy. I don't really get it, but whatever. But is a foreshadowing. Will everything on Earth perish and there needs to be a new life uh, created on a different planet? Mm. Potentially. Potentially. So there's there's that. Anyway. 18, James Baxter makes a reappearance. He first appeared in f- uh, Season 5, Episode 19. I watched this episode when I was younger as well. And it's honestly, it's quite a good episode, right? It's just this horse going around making everybody happy, but his ball pops that he just rolls around on, and now he's sad, and he needs to be happy. And in the end, he just found out in order for him to be happy, in order for him to make others happy, he needs to make himself happy, right? So, I don't know, we could all learn a lesson from that. We need to be happy before we make others happy. Because otherwise, if we're sad and we're trying to make others happy, I don't know, it's like, um, it's like uh, trying to solve a rational, an irrational problem with a rational solution, right? You want to help somebody else, but if you haven't helped yourself first, can you really do that successfully, right? Can you help others successfully? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just, I was talking a little spacey right there. Um, I just had a little bit of, like, skin above my, like, fingernail, and I just, like, tried to pluck it off, but I, like, ripped it back a little bit, and now it's bleeding, and it hurts, and I'm in a lot of pain right now, or at least, like, this one small section of my finger, it's in a lot of pain, um, that's okay, it's okay, there's a little bit of blood coming off, um, (laughs) now we're good, so, episode, where are we on, we're on 19 now, Princess Bubblegum, she is figuring out her power. Oh, that really hurts. She's figuring out her powers and whatnot. Um, trying to get the 
jelly beans like come out of her palm and all. And she has a dream with Chatsworth, uh, who was a previous candy elemental. And he helps her, you know, she, she he helps her get in touch with herself, right? And at first, the first dream, she's like, can you help me? And he like, just like touches like her brain or something. And she's like, ah, I know what to do now, right? And she's like shooting jelly beans out of her hands. But then she can't make like this like root beer, like Mentos explosion with like candy and all uh, like Chatsworth did in a dream. And she's like, oh, I want to do that, right? And she's trying to like defeat like this other other thing, right? Which is just the, uh, which is this giant, I, I forget the name of it, but it's like there's like four sides, this little like paper, there's like an origami type thing. Where someone says, hey, you know, pick a number, one through four, and there's like, you know, fold it, one, two, three, four, and they open up one side, and it's like, you know, choose a number, one through eight, something like that, and they open up another thing, and it's like, oh, this is like an answer, it's something like that, I forget the name of it, but it's that kind of a thing, and it was created from Patience, the uh, ice elemental, right, but Princess Bellwell is trying to use her powers, and there's this symbol, actually, that keeps appearing, it's a circle with two perpendicular lines inside, right, so it's separated into four quadrants that look like uh, orange slices. Right. Actually, no, that's a bit... Uh, they just have... The, it's a triangle with the rounded edge. Like, the smallest side is... Like, two... Like, isosceles triangles with the rounded short edge around the circle. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it's four quadrants, right? And going back to episode... Uh, season 6, episode 24 in Evergreen, at the top of the mountain... There are those. It's it's that same circle with the four quadrants split into slime, fire, ice, and uh, candy, right? So this symbol is the symbol of the four elementals. The circle with the two perpendicular lines inside the for for the four quadrants representing the elementals, right? And Princess Bubblegum in her head, she she had like a quick dream about Chatsworth. Uh, while she's fighting this, like, origami ice thing that's, like, throwing shards everywhere and destroying people. Um, Chatsbury's, like, she she wants, like, Chatsbury to, like, help her find the path to create this root beer explosion thing to destroy the origami. But she can't, because she she can't do it herself. She's like, Chatsworth, can you help me? Right? And Chatsworth, being the former ice, uh, the candy elemental and all, he's like, well, actually, no, 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 sorry. What I was about to say would be compl- would be completely false. He was just like, okay, I'll I'll open the door for you, but I can't lead you through. Right? I'll open the door, but you're gonna have to be the one to walk through. Right? I think that's pretty dope. Right? I was actually I don't know why, but I was like thinking about this some time ago. I was like in bed or in the shower or something, you know, shower thoughts, and I'm thinking if I have kids one day, I kind of want to have like this kind of a mindset. Right, where I don't want to, I don't want to push them to do things, or like this time, no, I don't want to push them. That that ignore what I said. I want to push them to do things. Yes, no, I don't want to show them everything as I do it. I want to open the door for them, let them experience it. Right, tell them generally what's good and what's not, but let them experience the things for themselves. Right, because me just telling them, they're not experiencing it. Right, like. Yes, okay, I'm, I'm going to tell them, like, if you put your hand in fire, it's going to get burnt, right? Don't do that, right? 
they can put their hands near fire, be like, "Ooh, it's warm," but uh, like you know. But if they're gonna be like, uh, but say they're like on the swings and they like don't hold on to the chains with their hands and they fall off, and they like maybe like scrape their face on the wood chips below. Like I know this sounds harsh, but they're like learning a little bit, right? And I guess this might be good coming from me because like I'm 16, I'm still like learning. I'm I'm still I'm still the kid that like I'm talking about. I guess this is just how I really want to grow up, right? I want, I, I want to, like, really get out there. I want to experience things for myself. Experience things for myself, right? And not just be told, don't do this or do that. Yeah. I want to, I want to let my kids have some freedoms, right? Experience the world themselves. And I'm not just going to be, like, completely distant. Like, yeah, do everything. You're like, no, no, I'm, I'm still going to guide them. But, no, it, it comes it, it comes down to, like, you know, it depends, right? Like, what situation's happening? Who's doing what? What's what's all that's happening, right? But I want my kids to, like, experience things for themselves with guidance from me, but not me holding their hand all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um... Chatsworth was like, yeah, I'm going to open the door for you, but you're going to have to walk through. And she does, right? So Bubblegum, she, um, she like, got, like, in touch with herself because she knows all about science, right? So she was like, okay, to create um, soda or to, to create, like, the root beer thing, soda, you, you need, like, these um, elements put together. And to create the Mentos, you need the, these atoms and molecules and whatnot and you throw them together it creates the explosion right so now she's in touch with herself she knows what she's doing she can control her powers right so that's lovely she she has power over her powers now even though she's mixing science with the magic yeah now we're on to the mini series the next eight episodes love that number it's um all about islands right so the previous mini series was stakes with marceline now it's Islands with Finn, Jake, Susan, and Bima, right? And actually, as the introduction says, just a little like intro to the, to the show, it says, with Finn and Jake and Susan Strong and possibly Bimo. It's adventure time, you know, the little tune. Um, so possibly Bimo, but Bimo is like in there. Just like not the main character so yeah this is this <laughs> these episodes took up five sticky notes uh season episode 20 is on one then we have 21 and 22 on another 23 24 on another 25 26 on another and 27 has its own as well so let's uh let me organize these a little bit so i can like pick them up and like wait so i can pick them up what am i saying i don't know what i'm saying do i know what i'm saying yeah Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. All right, so 20. Now I always know what I'm saying. 20. We have The Invitation. That's the name of this episode. The first part of Islands. So there's this ship, this like flying ship um, that comes looking for XJ77 Strong. That is the name, the code name, or like the, like the government-issued name something like that, uh, for Susan, right, because her name is Susan Strong, and now, 
as I mentioned before, I was gonna go into the past with Susan. We're gonna go into her like her past past in a little bit, but this is just like the past of like how we've met her, right? So we first meet her in season two, episode eighteen, right? And Finn and Jay go down this hole in Ooh, and they see Susan mixed with a bunch of other like fish people, right? So Susan is like has like poor English and it's like strong like accent. Um not like strong accent, but like accent like it's it's um like she's struggling to speak English, right? Because she's been in this dark hole for many years, right? So Finn is talking about the sun, right? He's like, "Son, you want to go see the sun, right?" And Susan's like, "Son, right?" So she's she's like, you know, like you know, spelling words, not spelling words. She's um, mm, don't know the word, but she's just like, she's testing it out, right? So it's. Barely understandable at first, but as she's grown, especially in that first episode, when we first see her, her character develops, right? She's growing, she's understanding things, she has new experiences, and her English is getting better over time, right? So, in this episode now, uh, she still has that, like, slight accent, and she doesn't have, like, fully formed sentences, like, with perfect grammar and all, but she's, she's getting there, right? She has... Sentences with longer words, and it's less detached, and we understand what she's saying, right? It's good. It's character development. Love that. So, the ship is going around, trying to find um, Susan, and stumbles upon Finn, right? And identifies him as PG-87 Mertens, right? So, Susan is XJ-77 Strong, Finn is PG-87 Mertens, because... That's his last name. He's Finn, he's Finn Mertens, right? So, so, so Finn's like, you know, he wants to go on board the ship because the ship knows him. And then Jake's fist comes from the top of the screen, all like big and stuff. He grew and he just starts and he just punches the ship. And then you look at Finn's face. He just has like, he, like he's like like a uh, bent down like eyebrows over like a wide open mouth. He's just a like, gape. He's like shocked. He's like, Jake. Damn, the ship knew me, right? But you can't be mad at Jake. Jake's his little bro. Actually, it's his big bro. I think. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, the ship is like smashed up. Um But anyway. Um Yeah, I there's a ship. Right. So Finn goes to the hospital. And gets Susan. He's like, yeah, there's a ship looking for you. And Susan's like, there's a ship? Right? And goes outside, and we see the ship outside. And Princess Bubblegum was working under it, just fixing it up. And it's, like, plugged into BMO, who's, like, downloading some stuff. Right? And Bubblegum says the that Susan's brain implant that fell off some time ago during the fight... Um, and the ship came from the same origin, human origin, same technological origin, I should say, and it's human technology, right? And the ship's last command was return XJ-77, so this is on, like, BMO's screen, because, like, he downloaded it, it said return XJ-77 and cargo to Founder Island, Founder's Island, right? 
or said Founders Island, comma, home. Right, so Founders Island is home to Susan and quote-unquote Cargo, which is Finn. Right? And BMO had like a map on the screen that he just like printed out. So now there's a map for how to get there. Right? So Susan is like, I want to go. Right, I want to I want to meet these people. This is where I came from. Finn's like, yeah, I'm going too. And Jake's like, yay, I'm going too. With my bros and all. Right? And BMO tags along as well. Yeah. So, Princess Bubblegum is saying, like, yeah, you guys can, like, borrow my boat. And Jake's like, who needs a boat when I can, like, stretch out into anything? And he's, like, stretching out into, like, a... Uh, like a, like a Titanic, like, like a, a luxury ship, transportation, a commercial ship. And then he's like, ah, I lost focus. And he just turns back into a dog. It's kind of funny, right? Just throw some humor to it. Honestly, love the humor of the show. It's just like subtle, but it's just thrown in there. Right? So, <laughs> I remember there, there was a scene some time ago. Um, Finn and Jake were... We're looking through the uh, the library with like Turtle Princess and all, and some episodes some time ago. I forget about what. Oh, I think it was the scary stuff. Oh, it was with the uh, the the scary eyed girls in the previous season. Yeah, um, they're looking for scary stuff, and they have like they look they see like there's some stuff over here about this and stuff over there, and like like there was nature stuff and there was like tool stuff. I, I forget the names at all, but um, one of the books is talking about butt stuff, and I was like, oh. Huh. Probably one of the uh, most subtle adult jokes honestly in the entire show. Yeah. Anyway. Princess Bogwell is like, yeah, boat. You can You can borrow my boat. You can borrow my sailboat, right? And everyone's like, yes, cool, we'll do that. And before the final scene where everyone's on the beach saying goodbye to one another, um, Finn is talking to Fern on top of the treehouse, right? And he's talking to him like, you know, I'm going to be gone on this trip, so Fern, can you take over while I'm gone, right, with Susan and... Susan, Bimo, and Jake, right? And Fern's like, well, you know, I'm not you, right? He, he finally came to the clues. Like, at first he was like, no, I'm Finn, like this. But this is character development, and you love this. And he's developed. He's like, no, I'm, I'm not you anymore, right? So, or, sorry, he, he's not, he says, you know, I'm not Finn. I'm, I'm this own, I'm my own being, right? And, but, like, like, in a depressing way, not like, I'm not you, I'm me. Like, you can't tell me what to do. No, like, he he thought he was Finn at first, but now he's like, no, I'm actually, I'm I'm not. Right. I I think I repeated that enough for you to understand. <laughs> Sorry. So, Fern's like, yeah, I'll take over. And on the final scene, um, in the in the uh, in the uh, uh, on the beach, Princess Bubblegum, Princess Bubblegum is like, you know, Finn, this trip seems a little bit more important than you're letting on. Uh, just please promise me you'll come home safe. And Finn's like, yeah. So, there was that. And as BMO, who's like just in like a 
like a potato sack, just like thrown on the ship. Not really noticed at first. Uh, Susan, Finn, and Jake board the boat, board the sailboat, and they head off. And Marceline, uh, Marceline, Princess Bubblegum, and Fern are just on the beach. They're all saying goodbye. And then Marceline looks over to Fern and says, aren't you the guy that totaled Starchy's motorcycle? Because in episode 15, in episode 15, Fern was like, I need to get out, I need to get out of here and like, like figure something out for myself. So Starchy like pulls up on his new motorcycle, his midlife crisis. And Fern jumps on, rides away with the motorcycle. And Starchy's like, oh, my midlife crisis. And... That was that, but you know, just that's just a funny scene at the end, right? That's also why I like watching all the shows in sequence here because when you watch it on Cartoon Network way back when, it's just like random episodes thrown about, and like yeah, there's probably some order at some point, but generally with like your day space out and all, you're not gonna watch every episode like back to back, and plus all the episodes aren't back to back because maybe you have you know on Cartoon Network <laughs> a variety of shows, maybe you have um. You have regular show at one time, at one point, then you have, then you have Adventure Time at another point, and then you have The Amazing World of Gumball, and then, and then I remember at 9 p.m. it always went to Adult Swim shows. I remember there was King of the Hill, that was always on right at nine o'clock. I mean, not, like, not right. It's not like at nine o three or anything, but because like nine o'clock that was like the the cutoff period uh, from like the kids shows, and it went to Adult Swim, right? It was always King of the Hill. And remember, it was like one, I don't know why this day is sticking in my mind, but it was like a Thursday night in the summer when I was like watching, it was like late, and I was just like in my mom's room by myself, there's a TV, and I remember, like it was nine, I was like, oh, it's late, Adult Swim came on, King of the Hill, I'm like, dang, I'm up this late. Yeah, that was a while back though. So, um, what? What's happening? So... Everyone says goodbye to one another off on the beach, and they're off, right? So that's one episode. That was just episode 20, right? Big episode there. 21, Whipple the Happy Dragon. So basically, in this episode, there's this green dragon just in the water named Whipple. He sinks this other ship where the people are, like, calling him annoying and whatnot. And then he befriends our four sailors. Right. At first, three, just Susan, Finn, and Jake. But then Bimo comes out a little bit later. And actually, he doesn't really befriend, befriend Bimo because cause Whipple's like, you know, I'll, I'll get you guys to where you're going. I know where it is. And he starts pushing them. And he thinks they're having fun. Right. He's talking about it's like stories that he made and all. And, he's, and, and Susan, Jake, and Finn are like super bored because he's going on this like long rant about whatever it is. And they're like, no, nah, this is boring. So Jake just like stretches out and makes earbuds for Susan and Finn. And Bimo jumps out of the cabin. He's like, oh, Bimo, you're here. And Bimo's like, give me the earbuds. This is awful. I can't listen to this anymore. And they wanted to befriend uh, Whipple because Whipple like, can be kind of scary when he, when they sink, when he like sinks the ship and all. But like generally, when you just talk normally, he's really nice. right? So then they like, Whipple gets angry again. He's like, oh, you don't like my story? Wow. And then he sinks their ship. But then like Jake stretches out into a boat. And at first he's just a little raft. But he's like, you know, if I'm going to be a boat, I'm going to do the whole thing. And he like, Stretches into a giant like sailboat, and he's like the little like uh, mermaid on the front, all like model esque and whatnot. Funny, Jake's great. Um, because well, their actual PB's boat is broken now, right? So Jake is the boat now. Whipple's gone off somewhere else, and actually, we find out at the end of the episode that Whipple's like been following them the entire time, but 
but yeah, yeah. So Jake's a boat, and they're going around. So there's these jellyfish in the water, like mind-controlled jellies that make uh, whatever it's attached to see things. And um, the jellyfish made Jake go off target because he sees his parents, Joshua and Margaret, uh, just like off in the water somewhere. He's like, Mom, Dad, I'll save you. Uh, but Finn and Susan are like, no, I don't see it. And they try and push him the other way. So then they like punch the jellies off Jake when they find out that that's that. And then there's a jellyfish on Susan's head. And it makes her see a vision of what we find out later to be one of her friends, right? Frida. I'll get there when, well, whenever I get there. So she sees Frida. And we don't know it at that point, but she comes into play later. And we're chilling, right? So then... Whipple comes back a little bit later, and he's like, yeah, I've been following you guys. And he's like, yeah, you you, you know, this way is kind of dangerous to the island. And like, I'm sorry I broke your boat. And Ben's like, you know, I'm sorry we said you were annoying or we weren't annoying earlier. Just another, you know, funny thing that the show throws in there. Um, the creators threw in there. So, yeah. Whipple's like, all right, I'll help you guys. Um, so he, like, blows, like, a giant gust of wind. And the, and the, and the four sailors, the four adventurers, just get blown over a bunch of, like, devastating things. And... And Whipple's like, you know, beware of the Colossus. So, excuse me. So, uh, Finn, Jake, and Bimo and Susan, they go into this little, like, boat graveyard area. And there is the Colossus there, right? And the Colossus, like, swipes at them with a giant, like, you know, metallic hand. And, it's, like, it's an entire, like, black giant robot uh, with, like, these gleaming, like, gleaming white eyes. Well one white eye i'll get to that in a bit as well um and like just hits them away and they and the four of them go underwater and scary scene the it's actually like quite terrifying just for me um the camera pans back and you see the four of them they're underwater and then the colossus just sinks underwater as well to join them you know to swim with the fish no but i find that terrifying because me, I'm chill with like swimming in the ocean and whatnot, like close to the shore. I I am comfortable knowing that I am swimming near things like my size, you know, other people, or things that are smaller than me, like little tadpoles and little fish and whatnot. But if there is a giant robot underwater with me that like lives there and can like kill me, I'm not gonna be comfortable. And, you know, apply that to real life as well. If there's just a giant fish, even if it's the nicest fish in the world that just wants to give out hugs and kisses, I I don't want to be swimming near that thing. That terrifies me, right? Seaweed. Me touching seaweed underwater terrifies me. Only if it's, like, dirty water, though. If, if it's clear and I see it, I'm like, oh, all right. But if it's dirty water and I don't know what's touching me, I'm scared. Right? Otherwise, the ocean's dope. Otherwise, the ocean's dope. Yeah. Anyway, the end of the episode, the Colossus just sinks underwater with them. And you're like, mm. Episode 22, Mysterious Island. Um, this episode is quite simple. Right? Finn ends up on this island with extreme weather, uh, where there's like different like sections, like squared off sections of the island with like perfect barriers that, um, that like contain elements and like weather conditions. Right, and the like the weather here it goes from like super cold and like snowing and frigid to extremely hot, desert, bone dry, and it's I don't know, it's weird, right? But the island is the island, right? And Finn just 
going around there, chilling and whatnot. So Finn eventually stumbles upon this giant parrot and this and a bear, right? They don't they're not major characters, they don't play major roles, but they're there, right? Um and then he eventually meets this woman, who we find out is named Alva, who speaks Swedish. And I only know she speaks Swedish because I have subtitles on, and it says, you know, in brackets, speaking Swedish. So we don't actually know what she says, but she's speaking Swedish. Right. So they're going around, they're watching there, and Finn, like, watches this tape um, that Alva has up running, and, you know, it, it shows different people, different humans that were alive on the island before, and they all died. And then, you know, there's a camera like Alva when she was younger, and that's how we find out her name. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, they find Jake on the island later on. He's finding this giant crab. And Jake's like, ah, oh, thanks for coming here, guys. And whatnot. And Alva makes, draws out like a map of other islands where B-Moon season could be. Right. So she helps them with that. And then they're off. Right. Um, and at the end of the episode, we see BMO on the moon. And we're like, what? Because there's like, no way that... Uh, so. So this episode, the, the two of them, Jake and Finn, they washed up on this island, right? Uh, we don't see how they got there. We just know that they did get there and that the clauses didn't kill them, right? Um, but BMO is on the moon, and we're like, did he wash up on the moon? That doesn't make sense. But there's, like, these, like, gamer tags above him, so we're like, that's crazy, right? So, okay. Anchor, the software I used to record this episode, doesn't allow for uh, recordings over an hour, unless I'm with guests, and the section, this the second recording I'm recording now, it's it's going past that limit. Uh, it's at 52 minutes, so 53 seconds. So, so it's about 53. I don't want to keep talking, like get cut off. So I'm gonna just like stop this right here and pick it up just like in a couple seconds. So yeah, break and breaks over. So um, Bima's on the moon. What? Okay, that was. 21 and 22. Episode 23 and 24 coming right up. So, 23, simple episode called Imaginary Resources. Bimo washed up on this other island, right? Um, it's all like metallic, right? There's no grass, no sand, nothing. It's just all metallic, all like futuristic. And there's this, and, and like no people are living there, right? It's like a desert, it's a, it's a deserted island, right? BMO is hooked up into this VR headset um, called a better reality, right? And BMO is like the ruler there because, you know, he's a computer. He, like, knows how it all works. He's, like, he's just living there. And there's all these people in there just, like, floating around with their own avatars and their names above their heads. And they're, like, you know, get giant telephone. And they're, like, you know, a giant telephone appears and they can, like, call the admins and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, they're just, they're living in this world. It's, like, like a Minecraft, Roblox, um, I was gonna give one more game to like, like uh, compare it to, but nothing's coming to mind right now. Maybe uh, what's a game like Gmod, where you can just like create a bunch of stuff uh, from like nothing, from like items and like a inventory, something like that. I think that's the name of Gmod. I know my friend Green, he's made an appearance a couple times on this podcast, episodes 8, 85, and 88. You can go listen to him there. Um, he, I think he played that game. 
Maybe I could bring him on the podcast sometime and he could talk about it. Ooh. I don't know. I'll think about it. Anyway. Um, Minecraft, Roblox, Gmail, something like that. So, all these people are just, like, living in there. And they got their own avatars. Yeah. Anyway. Finn and Jake, like, hop out of the VR world. They, they go into, like, see me beat uh, BMO, and then they come out. Uh, they don't know what's going on. Right? And Jake's like, I don't like this. I'm going to, like, destroy the, like, antennas for, like, the satellite Wi-Fi, something like that, so everything can, like, just be shut off. And he does, and he breaks the system. The game shuts down. And there's all these humans that come out of these pods, right, after their headsets are taken off. And this is honestly, like, a, like, like, I didn't really feel any emotions when watching this. Um, but I can at least say that this was very sad to see because, first of all, humans made this show and, like, animated this. And what they're drawing is, like, their own depictions of humans being too attached to technology. Which, you know, some people in this world may be, others may not. I, I, I don't know. Actually, I can't really say anybody's really too attached to it, but whatever it is. Um, all these humans are all, like, shriveled up and skinny and whatnot. And it, it's just sad. They're all, like, crawling around or walking. They're all, like, weak because they've been playing this game. They've been sucked in for so long. And they're like, you know, get giant telephone or, like, get batteries or you know something like that but they can't because they're in the real world and it's just they're not in the vr world it's it's they, they can't live without it right so that's just that's just sad to see but then jake fixes it and everyone goes back in the pods and just keeps playing and that's a uh if if there were like if humans say, say there was this like creature way back when like the, at the start of existence and this creature could choose to either be a human or just like some other animal and they see like this interpretation of what humans would be eventually they probably wouldn't choose it because that is it's disappointing honestly granted this is just a show and it's not a real depiction of what people are like maybe in the future this is what like vr and like games could become but let's hope not and we also don't want the world to end up like, you know, in the Terminator movies with the Arnold Schwarzenegger because, you know, robots take over, kill everybody. Eh, not the best. But Arnold, you know, he plays a good character. In the first movie, he was like trying to kill the people. Then he's like trying to save the people from the robots. He's, honestly, I love that guy. Yeah. So then... Um, at the end, Bimo was like, okay, I'll leave the world after, like, some resistance, because he wants to be with Finn and Jake, because he loves them. Right? Bimo's great. And Jake, Finn, and Bimo get in the pod, and they get sent into the tube to be sent away to a different island. Right? That's 23. Now, 24. Islands Part 5, called Hide and Seek. We learn about Susan's past, right? She's walking around this island that she's on, Right? And she has these flashbacks of when she's younger and in school. And she's looking out the window to Frida, who we saw before, who is just this girl in, like, an animal hat, kind of like uh, Susan's, which is just a, uh, like, a cat hat, but here it's like a, it's like a 
bunny or it's like a dog. Yeah, so Frida's there outside school. She got, she's off. She has her own thing. But Susan, we learn, is actually named Kara, just K-A-R-A, because Dr. Gross, who's the teacher, is like, Kara, Kara, are you listening here? Because she was, Kara was looking out the window, Kara slash Susan, right? And let me, let me, let me just give a little, like, pointer right now. Um, Susan's name is Susan because in season two, episode 18, um, she's talking about, she's, she's talking about the sun, right? Finn was like, you know, you want to go out and see the sun? And Susan was like, sun, right? So Finn said, you know, what's your name? And she said, and she was still like thinking about the sun. She was like, sun, right? And Finn's like, Susan? Because she, she thought he said, you know, sun, like, you know, Susan. So that's how she got the name Susan, right, from Finn. But her actual name is Kara. So we see Dr. Gross again, and she's talking about how Founders Island was made because, like, the lich bomb had come down and everything was, like, blowing up, and there were, like, these green demons flying out of, like, an atomic bomb and all, and there's a crater in the side of the world, and these founders wanted to make a safe haven, so they went to this island and, like, built on it, and everyone's supposed to be safe there, right? So, so, we see Dr. Gross, and she's, like, actually nice and all. She's good. She's... She's not trying to kill everybody. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Colossus was created, the the Guardian, the, like the giant black robot with the white eyes. So in this case, it has two eyes because this was when it was first created. And it, don't worry, I'll get to when he loses one eye. Um, the Guardian is there to protect the island and make sure nobody gets in, nobody gets out. Right, because there's like evil on the outside of the island, right? And after uh, we see this little like founder story, um, Doctor Gross is like, "Okay, kids, ready for your lesson today?" And this like robot from the ceiling just like drops down. There's all these like little like arms with like these leech-like figures, and all the kids take the leech like robot arm and plug it into their head with the brain implant there. And the lesson is uploaded, right? And then all the kids like grew a little bit more. Like grew meaning like they they like got they got buffer, right? From like a little like skinny, skinny nothing to like you know getting a little bit more muscle, a little bit more defined, like taller, bigger, like everything just grows, right? So you see, you see Kara at the start of the show. She's tiny. She's just like a little girl. She looks like she's like 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 four foot five or something. But at the end of the show, she's like. Nine feet tall, like super muscular, giant, like just giant, right? And she's standing next to Finn. At the end of this episode, at the end of 24, she's like looking out to the water. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This episode. Sorry, I thought it was, I got confused with 26. Um, at the end of this show, she's. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Sneeze again in the show. I was I was holding that in for like a couple of minutes. Ooh. Um, she's standing next to Finn on the beach, looking out at the water, right? And you can just see like the height difference, like the like the size and like like muscles and all. It's 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 it, 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 it's huge, right? The difference is huge, and you know, Susan's like you know, huge as well. Yeah, she's going strong from all the lessons being implanted into her, right? 
So, yeah. Yeah. So, the relationship between Frida, Kara's friend, and Kara herself is um, it's, it's quite contrasting because Susan is a seeker, and she tries to find hiders who try to escape the island, right? And Frida is a hider, right? She wants to explore the world beyond, see what's out there, right? So that's that, right? And Susan, walking around as, like, an adult, like, you know, fully double, like, like, now, not in the flashback, she's just walking around the island, like, in this trance while Fanny Drake try to talk to her but she's like just not listening she's like going through the memories right so there's this one scene where susan or kara goes down to the beach and she gets a hold of this boat and like throws out some people in the boat who are trying to escape and we see this one guy with red hair he gets shaken out and he's running away from the island and kara throws the boat like on top of him and like crushes his legs and takes him to the hospital and the doctor's like, all right, Kara, what do we have here? And, this, and she was like, you know, um, got this guy with, like, two broken legs. And she's like, ah, broken legs, lovely. And she's like, yeah, he'll be ready by tomorrow morning. Um, Kara, though, at this point, so I thought I should mention this, um, she's speaking perfect English, right? Her grammar's proper. She's speaking Clearly, right? And, well, that's because, you know, she was she was learning and she was exposed to it all. And then she went away to hiding for many years. Um, yeah, she was out there. She was running about. She was logical. She spoke very clearly, though. Right? So Susan now is, like, kind of, like, splotchy with her English, right? But we see the flashback. She's speaking clearly. So at the end of the episode... Like, the Susan now is actually, like, she's just speaking English perfectly. And her first words with, like, distinct English, like a clear voice, no hesitance, no splotchiness. She says, she's like finish trying to talk to her, like, Susan, are you okay? Something she says, Kara. My name is Kara. And that's the end of the episode. And that's when Kara and or Susan now, Kara is, and Finn are standing side by side looking out the water. And that is, like, an incredible scene. Like, you're like, dang. That's, like, character development to a T. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, going to the flashback earlier in the episode, um, Frida's talking about going to the outside world and Kara, at this point, she's in support of it, right? But later on in the episode, um, Kara brings Frida, the like the engine to this boat that Frida needs to escape, and Su- uh, sorry, Kara takes the boat out to the water. Frida gets inside, but Doctor Gross comes down and starts controlling, like mind controlling uh, Kara through the brain implant, right? And she breaks Frida's boat, right? And that's that's not fun, right? And we see Frida with 
lovely red hair being carried over Kara's shoulder to well, someplace. We don't find out, but just, I guess, some re-education place. Re-ed, as they called it. So, there was that. She remembered that, and then there was a scene. Then we went to the end of the episode where she was like, you know, Kara, my name's Kara, and then that was the end of 24. So, we got to meet Frida, the old friend of Kara that she saw on the boat when they were first coming down here with those mind-controlled jellyfish, right? Yeah. There was, um... I think I was reading The Odyssey like a year and a half ago in English class. No. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, it's all about Greek mythology and stuff. And there were these... Um... There were these goddesses who were, like, evil. Or they were, like, angels or demons, something like that. And they sung this lovely song. They're all attractive. And they they take the form of something that the viewer or the listener um, likes, right? So, it, like, it attracts them. Like, the song attracts them. They want to go to the angels before the angels slash demons or goddesses, whatever they are, eat them, right? Just, like, kill them straight up. So, that's kind of what, like, these jellyfish were not really like, but similar to. Yeah. So, that's Frida. And that's Kara. We meet... We meet Kara. We meet the real Susan. Susan. Her name is Kara Stronger. That's, that's pretty dope. That's fun. I like that. So, that was 20... Four. Now, 25, this, honestly, might be one of the, like, most impactful episodes in the entire show. Because, for once, we learn the truth about Finn's birth, Finn's origins, and pre-Finn, right? So, we've seen Martin as this guy who's arrogant and just, like, moving forward all the time and very quick. He doesn't like stay on any one topic for too long. And he's like not the most fun guy to hang out with. Right? We see him and we haven't even seen Finn's mom yet. Right? So in episode 25, Marty, who has this long hair, he has a ponytail, and he's wearing like a leather jacket and all. His legs get broke. He's the one who got his legs broken after um, Kara threw the boat at him and he gets plopped into a wheelchair and gets rolled away by the woman who he eventually asks out to dinner right she's the doctor taking care of him and they, he they have this like connection going like instantly right like he has this attitude about him he's very cocky very very confident and she's like going along with it uh, but they're like they're having fun right they're bonding right and marty asks this woman, who we eventually find out is named Minerva Campbell, right? Her name is Minerva Campbell, and we she just goes by Minnie. We have Martin Mertens and Minerva Campbell, and they're just Marty and Minnie, right? Marty asks Minnie to go out for dinner when he's, like, laying in the hospital bed, and she's, like, just sitting next to him, and he tried to escape... 
and she tried to hold him in, and there were, like, guards who came in, and were like, all right, he has to go to Riyadh now. But she was like, no, 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 he he still needs more time here, right? And she was a trusted doctor, right? So they're like, okay, okay, you got it. So they stayed together, and they were talking, and they were just getting to know each other. And then they went out to dinner, and they were doing some more things with one another. They were bonding, and, well, eventually they, they made Finn, right? Their baby, and they're growing up the baby, and it's lovely and all. But one night, um, Marty, who was a hider, he was one of the people trying to escape. He was working with these other people who eventually got captured, right? Um, but not captured, but they—I mean—they were captured on the boat. But then they like got free, and they were trying to get revenge on Marty, right? For like being like a—he like, he stabbed their backstab, backstabber. He—he he went back on his word, right? And Marty took Finn, right? Like, he jumped through the window, and actually, there's this breadstick wand that he had, because Marty, he loves gadgets, right? So there's this breadstick wand that, you know, he, like, held it out against the, the people in the, uh, who were trying to, like, attack him, and the, the scene just went quiet, right? And there's this little song playing as the breadstick wand is, like, shooting out, like, a breadstick from its hole, right? And it, like, falls to the floor. It's, like, really pathetically. It was, honestly, quite funny. The, the, these, these creators, they're great at this show. They're great at making it. Right. So, there's that. But, Marty takes Finn and he's on the run. Right. And, they get on this boat. This little raft with a pillar in the middle with a red light at the top. And now, this scene, this is the exact scene that we see in season 6 episode 27 where marty where martin came down in a ship in present day ooh and you know finn went over there found him and martin was talking about his memories and he remembered this correctly this scene where there was a raft with a red light on top and there's this colossus coming in the background so now going back into the past this exact same rough waters this raft with this red light finn a teddy bear, and the breadstick wander on it, and Marty's, you know, on it too, and Marty tells Finn, you know, I'll see you soon, I'll be back to see you, I think that's what his words were, I'll be back to see you, and he jumps up, so, so first of all, before I even get there, he got this one gadget, where it's this laser pointer, but there's a face on it, and this face, well, I mean, it's like a little face, it's like just red lines that shows like a smiling face that says, hello, 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 it's like over and over, right? Just like a fun little gadget. And he has this gadget in his hand, right? He's running up the Colossus, and he eventually gets onto his face. He punches through its left eye, and he clicks the laser, and it like bounces all around the inside of its eye. It's like a bunch of reflective rays and whatnot, and it explodes, right? And he gets flung off and went into the water, right? And the Colossus like, grabs its eye and, like, sinks back into the water, right? And then the scene, like, fades to black. In the next scene, you see Finn on the raft with the red light just floating in the middle of calm waters the next day, eating bread from the breadstick wand, right? And the people who were trying to attack Marty before were getting arrested, and Minerva, 
Minnie, who is now, I guess, Minerva Martin. Sorry, Minerva Mertens, because they were married. Um, she's on the beach, and she says, I don't understand. I don't understand why Marty ran away with Finn. Right. So, you know, she was left broken after that. Yeah. So Minerva's distraught. She's devastated on the beach at the end of the episode. So we find out about Finn's parents. No, see, it was a lovely story at first, but then it turned into not a lovely story. Yeah. Anyway, episode 26, Helpers. Um, Finn, Bemo, Jake, and Susan, Kara, uh, they find humans, right? They finally find humans, and... On the ride, uh, they're on like the human-made ship. On the ride to the island, where everyone was, um, Finn saw an image of his mother, and he's like, "Oh, she's beautiful, right?" So he goes up to the island and he sees her. And he's like, "Did you lose a son?" But then the robot was like, "Hi, son. Do you need help?" Not like, "Hi, son." Like, "Hi, young man. Do you need help?" Because this robot, because this woman is just a robot, right? It's not his real mom, and there's a bunch of them around. So. Finn and Jake, they're causing a little bit of a ruckus, and they get thrown into a containment cell. But then the robot, like, pricked Finn's finger because of blood DNA. And they find out, like, this is Finn Mertens, right? This is the son. And then they go to a room where there's a TV screen with uh, Minerva's face on it, right? And she's the actual, like, mom. And they're talking to each other, but it's not, like, personal. It's not, like, close up. And that's kind of upsetting, but we find out that She's at least still alive. But she has all these clones because she talks about how, like, 62% of... Like, there's this virus that wiped out, like, 62% of the... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before that, Dr. Gross was working on some experiments because Minerva was, like, just kind of distraught and whatnot. And, like, people were kind of getting sick. And Dr. Gross was making, like, these weird mutants. He was, like, mixing together animals. So this was her origins with that. And she made this, like, chemical that got spilled... And it released a virus, right? That killed 62% of the general population, but 100% of the helpers. And the helpers are just like doctors and nurses and whatnot. 100% except for Minerva. Except for Minnie. And she was alive and she made these robot clones to help her, right? And make sure the place was clean. But this turned into a dictatorship. Something, not a dictator, but like something where everyone was like, maybe like a dystopia. Where Minerva's at the top, she's all these robots helping people stay clean, and and she's concealing them from the outside world, right? And you know everything has to be safe. <laughs> this is really funny scene. Um, I think it was during this episode or the next one, twenty seven, where you see inside like a shop window. There's there's like a glass door, like you know when you're window shopping, and it says. Safe cactus, completely bald, no spikes. Those are like the advertisements thrown around it. Like, that's just funny, backing up, like, the idea of mini and, like, protecting everyone. There are no spikes on the cacti. It's just green. No no spikes in it. Like, that's just hilarious. Bald cacti? Yeah. Love the show. 
honestly, it's just stuff like that is clever. So, so Minnie's live. She's like making sure everyone is just safe, right? They're safe and healthy and whatnot. But as I was going to earlier, but the point about me being like a dad, I don't want that. That's that's like I don't want my kids to be just completely like closed off from the outside world. You gotta let them explore, right? Because Finn was talking about how he's gotten on all these adventures, right? With, with, um, wait, oh, I have it written down over here. Oh, that's in episode 27, sorry. In 26, he just sees his mom for the first time, and Kara sees Frida um, many years in the future, right? So that's 26. 26 is just the setup. 27 is like the, like the big one, right? Of course, it's the, it's the season finale, as well as being the series finale. This mini-series, the Island series. So, in 27, Kara sees Frida has changed as a character, right? She was all, like, adventurous, and she wants to go out into the outside world and view everything. But now she's like, no, I trust, uh, I trust the government. I trust Minnie. I'm going to stay here, be safe. And there's that. So that's kind of upsetting. And she keeps going on about that whenever the scene flashes back to her and Kara. Because, you know, Kara was like, no, you have to explore, right? Something like that. Because Kara wants to bring her out to the outside world now. So now the mom, she shows, or Minnie, she shows Finn that he can't escape the island now that he's there. Because there's the Guardian out there, right? There's like a point zero 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 one percent chance that he can escape living, right? Yeah. So Finn shows his mom his past life, and ooh, right, everything that he's done uh, by, like, sticking his hand in this machine, showing his, like, flashbacks, right? And there's, like, flashbacks, like, with him kissing Flame Princess and him fighting the Lich, and oh my god, let me tell you, that scene, that scene when they're on the, when Finn and the Lich are on the Citadel, and Finn's, like, laying down on the ground, and the Lich is just off in the distance with nothing but bones, like, like, the Billy suit had worn off, and it's just bones, that is terrifyingly awesome like oh my god that (laughs) like finn versus the lich dude like that is incredible that is the best battle you will ever see in animation history i say that part partly jokingly because it's like honestly cool whenever they clash but also like best ever maybe not but like the two of them oof, the lich is like so cool i'm not even like he's evil and wants to kill everyone like that's terrible but he's like so cool because like he's so good at what he does the lich is incredible also he's a really good voice and i don't know why i haven't looked up the voice actor for the lich yet you know what? we're gonna do that right now we're gonna go we're gonna consult our good old friend google we're going to look up voice actor for the Lich Adventure Time. Um, Lich voiced by Ron Perlman. Yeah. 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 Now we're going to go to Google and look up Ron Perlman. P-E-R-L-A-L-M-A-N. American actor. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, he's 71. 
born in 19. That's cool. Born in New York. Cool. This guy's cool. He voices the Lich. That's crazy. Doesn't really look like the Lich. Anyway. Oh, my phone's at 9%. Better hurry this up. Hurry this episode up. So. Um. Hmm. So. Finn shows the past. Like him kissing flame, flame princess, fighting the lich, uh, fighting other monsters, and he has his like grass arm that's like, growing and all. So he has all this past, and Minerva's like, "Oh, that's that's terrible, right? You're exposed to all this." And Finn goes out and rallies against his mom. He tries to get all the people to leave, right? To, like inspire them to exit the island and experience things for themselves. And Kara's like, "Oh, you gotta listen to this." Like Kara takes Frida outside. And has Finn listen, and she's inspired now. She wants to leave. Like, his Finn, he worked his magic. Right? Um, so, his mom, Minnie's like, at this point, is like, no. You know, we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast this dome over the island that's gonna control everybody and, like, upload their mind. Because, sorry, I forgot to mention, Minnie put herself in this pod and sent her just, like, somewhere in the island and controls all the robots around her. So we can't actually see where she is, but... She's alive in a pod somewhere, which is upsetting, but she's there. Um, she's like, you know, I'm going to send all these people in pods and have their minds be controlled, that kind of thing. So this is now like a totalitarianism type of ordeal. It's not fun, but yeah. Anyway, as the dome is coming over, Finn's like, no, I can't let this happen. He runs back to the room and sticks his hand into the machine again. He's like, Mom, I need to show you something. He's like, he's showing how he's also helped all these people, right? Just different scenes throughout the entire show of just him helping people, him helping things, right? And the mom's like, okay, with that, I, I see you're a helper yourself, right? And I love that. And the mom, like, disables the, the dome and lets everyone be free, lets him, like, go back to ooh, right? So that's my, oh, my phone's at 8%. Love that. I'm 8. This is 8 speaks. How y'all doing today? <laughs> And soon, the t- it's right now, it's 12.04, and one minute's going to be 12.05, and, you know, 1 plus 2 plus 0 plus 5 is 8. I mean, this is 8 speaks. This is season 8 that we're talking about. There's a lot of 8s everywhere. That's incredible. I love that. And also, this is season 8, episode 27, Islands, part 8, The Light Cloud. Ooh, that's fun. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not really that sorry, but I'm kind of sorry. So, the mom lets him go back home. And, well, they do now. So, um, Kara, so, so Finn's like, is everyone going home? And I was like, everyone was like, oh, now? I thought you meant, like, in a couple, like, in, in, like, in like a couple of weeks. Like, I still got stuff to do. And he's like, oh. So, anyway, Finn and Jake, they get back on this boat. Actually, they're on this, like, ship that's flying. There's, like, a, there's, like, a telegram. There's, like, a, there's, like, a, a hologram, I should say. That shows, like, this boat that, like, distracts the Guardian because the Guardian's like, oh, I'm going to chop you up. But then it's just, like, a hologram. The Guardian's like, what? So then Finn and Jake jump into the Guardian to try and disable it. And Jake gets, like, caught by the Guardian. He's about to get, like, chopped up. It's, like, not fun. And Jake's like, hey, buddy. As, like, the Lich is, like, uh, the Lich. The Guardian's grabbing him. It's, like, about to punch him. But then Finn jumps into the Broken Eye, which, you know, Martin punched many years ago, and, you know, his father, you know, like, father, like, son, and Finn's going through and, like, plugs a plug into a core inside the Guardian, 
and Minerva's talking to Guardian, like, Guardian, you've done well protecting us, but you can stand down now. And the Guardian just, like, sinks into the water. And Jake and Finn are saved, and they get on an actual boat, and now they're heading off back home, right? And, um, and Finn is saying, Kara, you ready to go home? But Kara and Feed are, like, are saying, like, no, we want to, uh, go in a different direction for new memories, right? And Frida's like, okay, we can do that. Um, although, you know, they want, it's not like, okay, well, you take the lead. Like, no, they're, they're doing it together, right? And then they take, like, the flying ship and fly off. And Kara said, you know, I like Susan better. I like to be called Susan. And Frida was like, okay, Susan, let's, let's get on. And they fly off in the distance. And Finn... Um, puts on the VR headset for a better reality and says his final go- goodbyes to his mother. And he said, you know, and he asked Minnie, you know, is, do you feel like you because you're just in the VR world? And she says, I don't know if I am me, but I, f-. so he asked his mom, you know, is this really you? And she says, I don't know if this is really me, but it feels like me. And that's enough, right? And after that, she disappears in the world because, you know, he got out of range and you couldn't talk to her anymore of like the, the VR headset, like the signal. And he didn't actually say the words goodbye, but you know, the screen went black and he lifted up and he like he kept the VR headset on, but you know, the world wasn't there and there's a tear that rolled down his cheek and he said goodbye, right? And then the scene changes to the front of the boat, which is like speeding toward the open waters, right? Which was actually the end of the first part of the episode, episode twenty, when they're on the sailboat going towards. So I'm guessing they're gonna make it back home safely and all. But that ending, um, I think this might actually be the first time in this show when I felt a negative emotion, right? I felt unsatisfied. I, I, I actually felt a little bit sad, right? I felt like there's a little pit in my stomach because I'm like, okay, Kara and Frida, the, I mean, we just met Frida, but Susan, Kara. Actually, I shouldn't call her Kara because she wants to go by Susan now. Um, Susan is just leaving us. She's going in a new direction. Like, okay. What's making me sad is, like, everything is all spread out, and, like, I don't feel like anybody's gonna see each other again. It's like... Because Martin, like, disappeared with that orb, with, with, the, with the Catalyst Comet in the previous... at the end of the previous season. With the Orgalorg going, kind of, like, forming back to a penguin and all. And Minnie's on this island controlling everyone, and Susan's off in a different world now, and Finn, Jake, they're going back to ooh, and everyone's just, like, separated, and it's just like, dang. Like, everyone's just living their own lives, right? That's why I'm also kind of scared of going to the adult world when, when I really think about, it. like, high school now, I have all these friends, and then college, I have, like, new friends and all. But when I go into the adult world, I'm, like, not going to see all these people I've made relationships with for, I guess, the first 18 years of my life, and then, you know, between the ages of, like, what, 19 and 21, 22 or so. And in the adult world, then, you know, I have the rest of my life there, a longer period of time than, like, you know, the first 22 years or so, but it's not like I'm leaving them forever, but it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's new. I'm not going to see them as often. Remember, I was, ta- I, I was talking about, I was talking with April, who I made an episode about, like, 120-something, I think, 40, 130, 40-something where it was, so we we were just like talking on the beach some time ago, just like out to dinner or, ha- or like families are having dinner and we just like went along, 
And we're talking like we don't see each other too much anymore. Um, and that time on the beach might have been like the final time we're actually going to like see each other ever again. Like maybe we'll see each other like once or twice, but we barely see each other now. We're going to go off to college. We're not going to like stay in touch. Like we could, but we won't. We just go off and live life. Um, without us being side by side. And we were, we're like, we're like, we're super close. We could talk about like literally anything. It's incredible. But we're just like, we're slowly separating. We've been separated. But like, we also haven't been. I don't know. <sighs> but that's how I feel about this, right? Everyone's off going in their own directions. But you know what? We're still following the main characters, Finn and Jake. That's all right. Emo. But yeah, I felt most distasteful about Susan going off. I was like, dang, gonna go. But hey, that's how the story goes, and it's gonna happen. Will we see her ever again? Maybe not. But is she off making new memories, going in a different direction? Yeah, she is. That's good. That's good. Right? Character development. Yeah. So. With that, this has been quite a long episode. Is it longer than the other MPO? I don't know, but these two have been some of the long. Have been two of the longest MPOs that I've made. Yeah, I think this one actually. Wait, the first section was like twenty minutes. This one has been like the second one's fifty-five, and this third one's already forty. Dang, this is almost a two-hour MPO. I think this is the longest. Motion picture overview uh, series episode. It's immaculate. It's lovely. I think I'm overusing the word immaculate, but yeah, whatever. My phone's still at 8%, so that's cool. Uh, while it's there, I guess I just. You know, I'm going to end the episode with that. And I want to thank you guys for listening. This has been a fun episode. Long episode. I'm it. I'm signing off. It's going to be a little under two hours. That's cool. I know I just said that, but I just want to say it again. Yeah, I hope you're doing well in your lives. And if you aren't, I hope you find a way to do so. I really do. Feed on the good vibes. Make some good vibes. Spread it out. Yeah. I will speak to you guys in episode 234 in the future.